Welcome back, everybody, to Bourbon on the Banks, and this is my bourbon podcast. I am your host, Perry Swan, sitting back here with me. I made it. <laughs> it was touch and go there for a second on, on night one. It, it was, it was, but thankfully this is like a whole mile and a half from my house, so I just flew down here and I'm good to go. <laughs> just took that uh, that cool Kentucky wind and soared on down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we are hanging out here again on day two of Berman on the Banks. We are having a really, really good time. Yeah, this is great, man. This has been wildly successful, I would say. So much bourbon, so much good food. I mean, there is nothing going on here that I am not enjoying. Um, we actually have a booth here. There's people picking up uh, uh, some of our business cards as well, like this gentleman right here is. You're going to make it on the next week's episode, sir. Right, they can see me. <laughs> I'm more handsome on the air than I am a person. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> My thanks 100% of the way, by the way, to the folks at Bourbon on the Banks for reaching out to us and wanting us to be included in this fantastic event. This is... I, I, I could not have asked for a better setting in Kentucky. Oh, this is perfect. Than just hanging out along the Kentucky River. Exactly. And drinking bourbon. That maybe has been made from this water source. I mean, it's, some of it's definitely. I mean, we got <laughs> Buffalo Trace. They, they've got a booth down there. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got to get Buffalo Trace down here. Do you think we can get Buffalo Trace? I sure hope so. I would really I like saw him bringing in some Taylor. I'd love to have some of that. Ooh, yeah. Oh, especially if it's at that uh, that, that uh, Amaranth. Oh, yeah. If they got oh. some of that. Perry, I might disappear for a few minutes. <laughs> you are my official ambassador, I think, throughout everybody who is uh, here. But... One of the cool things about this is the generosity of the folks who are hanging out here, who are vendors here at Bourbon on the Banks. And we're going to start out this week's episode with some David James straight bourbon whiskey. I'm excited for this, Perry. I am so excited for this. Swan uh, went down to chat with them and say, hey, we'd love to have you come over to the podcast. And, you know, understandably, they're busy. They've got plenty of stuff going on. It, it's... a wildly busy festival. I don't think anyone expected it to be like this, but I'm so glad it is, because it's insane. I am very, very happy that it's as as successful as it has been. So, they offered us up samples of their products. Yeah, so he told me a little bit about this one when I picked it up. Um, This is actually their newest product. They just got it. It won a silver medal in the San Francisco Spirits Contest. And uh, the actual bottle itself has quite a bit of information on it. It's going to be 113.6 proof, so it's up there. And it's at 11 and a half years. That's the kicker for me. 11 and a half years. That's insane. I mean, how long have they been around, Perry? I have only really known of them for probably the last six months. Yeah. And, I mean, they are putting out some killer product. Now, let, let's let's give credit where credit's due. This was something... Th- this is sourced. It ha- yeah, it would okay. have to be, yeah. Yeah, and, and but they make no bones about it. So on the back of the bottle, uh, they say, We take pride in the fact that we seek out and source the finest bourbon and whiskey we can find. Uh, it's distilled in Tennessee. I'm okay with that. So it's a bourbon more than likely from George Dickel, which is totally fine. Mm-hmm. I, I have no problem with that. I had a sip of it already. It's good. You're beating me to the punch, Bear. I got to go in. <laughs> the nose is good. The nose is like, it's really floral. It's got a honey note to it as well that I think is really, really interesting. Um, but overall, man, I think this is a really good product. 
You know, this drinks like some of the higher rye Four Roses picks that I've had. A little bit. I could see that. It's got a little more of like a chocolate savory punch to it than I a lot of the Four Roses sure. has. But this is this is something special for sure. I, I'm a fan. I am too. They did have four releases on their table, so I'm probably going to have to go back with some drink tickets or a fake mustache or something and see if I can pick up some extra stuff. I like the fact that they don't shy away from being sourced. No, honestly, as long as you wear that as a badge of honor and you realize that there's a lot of work that actually goes into sourcing and blending, I'm all for that. Because there's, oh, there's yeah. I mean, I've done it before. I'll sit at home and I'm like, you know, I'm going to mix a little bit of this and a little bit of this, and it's going to come out perfect. And every time I'm like, how on earth does Dixon Dixon Debman do this on a daily basis? I can't. I, I don't know how he does it. I mean, it never comes out like I anticipate. No, and I, I, I think that what, what's interesting to me, and I know that the sourcing has become something totally different in the past few years than it was, say, 10 to 12 years ago, where people were basically just kind of buying barrels, buying even, even just distillate mm-hmm. from people, um, and letting it age and finding out what it was going to be like, yeah. right? But now people are able to go in, they're able to kind of craft their own flavor profile, and they're able to create something really unique and something that they find to be what they think is going to be the most successful. And it kind of seems like in this case, there was more craft that went into it. Oh, and absolutely. I, I think that they, they've done a really good job of it. I'm really, really happy with this product. Yeah, it's definitely great. I mean, it's not, I don't think the distribution's everywhere yet, and I'd love to have them on to talk more about that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I've seen it here in Frankfurt and a couple of other places, but I know it's more of like a Kentucky, Indiana, Tennessee type distribution at the moment. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see this everywhere. If you see this in just a liquor store, they're doing samples, definitely go try some of it because they got multiple different le- releases and they're all of really good age. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're putting on some good stuff and especially winning some medals already. That's nuts. I'm here for it. Well deserved. So we are now sitting down with Karis from One Eye. Oh, Second Sight Spirits. Okay, Second Sight Spirits. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, it's I'm good. just going with Oak Eye, rather, Oak not eye. One Eye. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it could be One Eye. Kentucky after you drink. Well, it depends on what, 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 you're, what you're feeling in the morning after you try this. That's true. <laughs> so we got to talk a little bit last night about what you guys have going on. Sure. Not only is your product good, you guys are weird. You're weird, man. <laughs> yeah, a little you bit. You got strange stuff going on at the distillery. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I am all here for it. Cool. So, let's talk a little bit about that. But first, let's talk about the product that you have <laughs> right in on. your bottle. So, Absolutely. this is our first bourbon. We called it Oak Eye because we're using 15-gallon barrels. So, um, basically, every one of our batches is going to be single-barrel small batch. Okay. So those, that barrel is going to really dictate its final flavor profile. Um, and we basically did that. So because we're self-funded, uh, we wanted to get products to market. So we started with a 15-gallon cask. We're building up to 30-gallon casks and, uh, yeah, eventually 53. And this mash bill we did 72% corn, 16% wheat, 5% rye, 7% malt. Um, again, in a 15-gallon uh, barrel with the number three char, our barrel entry was 115 proof, which we always put on every label because we're so small. Uh, we've made every drop, and we don't want anybody to 
I don't know. Being this small, you always have to be legit. <laughs> you you kind of do, though. I mean, th- there is something so sincere about a craft distillery just being 100% honest about yeah. what you're producing. Well, I mean, it, e- even if you're not producing it, you know, and right. you're sourcing it, there are so many distilleries out there who, you know, try to tell this this story to boast what they're doing in yeah. a way that is really detrimental to their product. And it, I, I like the transparency in this yeah. case. You gotta be, because the whole world now is handcrafted and artisan. Sure. And those words, those words really don't mean anything anymore, so it's... You know, no, like, you really have to show what you're doing. you got to show your work, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. And I, I love that you guys kind of appeal to the whiskey nerd a little bit because you put so much information on the side of the bottle, like including the mash bill and stuff, because there's so many times we're oh. reviewing bottles and we're like, what's the mash bill on this? we got to look it up. <laughs> what am I drinking? I want, I want more distilleries to do that. I mean, all the way from, you know, you guys up to Jim Beam. Sure. I mean, why, why would you not be that transparent? I mean, maybe yeah. it's proprietary. Maybe, but Maybe. really, by the time you get a different yeast strain and different uh, water profile, and your still's going to deliver its own flavors. And mm-hmm. I don't know, we learned from the, we came from the in- entertainment industry, and there was this great guy way back in the day that said, I'll tell you exactly what I do. Like every step that I do. I don't think you can do it because that's why I'm good at what I do. Exactly. <laughs> but this is exactly what I do. And it, was, it was brilliant. So we kind of emulate that. Um, yeah, and then we just had to take a different approach to our distillery because we didn't have the 100 plus years of heritage as like our friends down here. And we were yeah. So, yeah. so but before we get into the distillery side oh, of, yeah. of it, um, you drink I want to talk about this product. <laughs> Let yeah. me just say the finish on this, unbelievable. I, I, I said this last night. As we were trying it for the first time, I think the finish is easily the strongest part. I do too, yeah. And for the, the actual proof on it, having to finish that strong is pretty wild. I mean, usually it's the, the 100 proof up where it's kind of really hitting its stride in the finish department. This is doing a lot for the proof that it's at. Oh, cool. Thanks, Phil. I like it. Yeah. It's been interesting recently. We've been talking a lot about younger products. You know, there there is that notion that, you know, if it's not at least four years... It's yeah. not going to be that good. There is so much merit to be brought about. Sorry, there was a dog that I got distracted yeah. by. No, it was a good-looking dog. There's a lot going on <laughs> at Bourbon on the Banks. Um, but, you know, th- this this is evidence to support the claim that younger products are not that good. Thank you. I think this is a very good younger product. Um I think society, we just need quantifiers, you know, and then your basic oh, bourbon drinker sometimes doesn't do the research, so they have to go buy something, and usually age is kind of a the first thing that they can they can check that box and say yes or no. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, just going to, like, the Pappy craze, everyone immediately thinks, you know, Pappy, they have a 23 here. I want that one. Yeah. And, it, you know, I've had them, and it's not my favorite. I like the, the 10, the 12, yeah. the 15, and yep. it's not always about getting the highest age on it. Uh-huh. I mean, you really have to dilute it down to what do I like to drink, and this may be somebody's just like, I want this daily. Right. And, right, right. and that's perfectly fine, but they gotta they got to reach for it, and having all the stuff on the side and the extra information is great. Oh, super cool. I just love how much information you guys put on there because it's really kind of, it narrows it down. So if somebody likes this, they can go find something similar too. That's yeah. great. Yeah, I agree. And um, I noticed you mentioned that you said this is what you guys were putting out because it's it's what you could put out now to make a little bit of money. Sure. Where, where do you guys want to go? 
Yeah. Um, of course, we're going to get into older products. Like I said, we put down our first 30-gallon barrels, and then we'll eventually move into 53. Mm-hmm. Just when two guys are self-funded, there's only so much money you can put on a shelf before your wives leave you. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a it's a tricky game, and I enjoy our friends that yeah that can do that. <laughs> you enjoy but... your friends that enjoy <laughs> bourbon. Yeah, no. I cannot let you go without talking about what I think and what you have called the weird aspect <laughs> of Second Sight Spirits. Sure. Um, I think, first off, we should probably talk about the fish. Um, <laughs> the fish, yeah, the fish is should something. be talked about. So I'm going to open up the floor to you to talk about the fish. Right. So... Um... Yeah, bourbon should be fun. Drinking should be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like the cathedrals of bourbon are some places, and that's fine. We want to be like the super cool inner cities church, like screaming bourbon and dancing in the aisles. Um, so we started, uh, we made a fish named Fortuna. Well, we didn't make the fish. <laughs> you made a fish? <laughs> no, that we, is a new level <laughs> of bourbon production we where made you a got lot of a things. fish that you made. <laughs> we didn't make a fish. We <laughs> bought a fish, which was a whole other aspect of the thing. But we basically have a, uh, a fish tank inside of an old fireplace mantle in our shop. Cool. And uh, we put this background on it that when this goldfish swims around... Um, we're putting in a bubble curtain, so you can ask her a question, pull a cord, the bubble curtain will activate, the fish will move around to wherever she ends up in the background is your answer. <laughs> and oh we've uh, found this Indian tea leaf where you can dye the water to make it look like she's swimming in bourbon. <laughs> and then when she dies... <laughs> I love that so much! Yeah, but the I fun... cannot love that enough. <laughs> and then when she dies, we got a stage in our shop, and we'll put her on the stage on ice... Uh, throw a whole wake so anybody listening can come down. We'll have a bunch of drinks, and then we'll do, uh, we know, a brass band, and they're oh uh, willing to do a second-line funeral procession to the river. We'll chuck her in, and then we'll <laughs> all march back up to the distillery, and then we got friends that still do pyrotechnics, and they'll do the old Pope smoke off the top of the building. <laughs> and then we'll throw uh, Fortuna the second in there. <laughs> During our uh, memorial fish fry. <laughs> and just start the second pro- like the whoa, process whoa, all over whoa, again. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so to memorialize a fish, we're going to eat all his cousins. Yeah, yeah. cousins. Yeah, exactly. Well, that the fish tank guy, was, he was a little irritated with us. He's like, you can't kill this fish. And I was like, listen, it'd be best if this fish died about every eight months, man. <laughs> so For business purposes. <laughs> So we had to do oh, some high-level negotiations, and he'll either pick out the geriatric fish or the fish that are, like, a little touched for us. <laughs> that way we're... <laughs> <laughs> All right, geriatric fish is the name of my new band. Um, <laughs> right after bleach broth. <laughs> so anyway, um, Second Sight Spirits, go and check them out if you want to have a weird time. It sounds like, so So what this sounds like to me, mm-hmm. I always have this idea of Harry Houdini in this like magic shop that is solely built for weird magic stuff. Right, right. Right? That's what that's that that's what this sounds like to me. Yeah. Is it just is catered exclusively to one niche. Yeah. Well And but but at the same time, I mean I guess there's like a burden aspect to it. 
No, yeah, it was a way for us to make the bourbon more about you than me talking at sure, you about yeah, a man. dead relative that I can't vouch for. Yeah. <laughs> so the future is a great universal, and that's why Second Sight's named Second Sight, because it means having visions of the future, and then that allowed us to do more interactive stuff so then you could get answers instead of me just talking at you all day. Great. I think Second Sight might be my new favorite distillery. <laughs> you know, as much as I love seeing the giant, like, back in, we know, whenever, this founded, you know, seven generations ago, having a fish named Fortuna that you're going to throw into a fish fry. <laughs> She's going to the river. There's so, much, there's so much good about this. Man, thank you so much for saying yeah, great. Yeah, thanks Appreciate for doing it. this. Yeah. This is amazing. This oh, is yeah, super cool. <laughs> Cheers. Cool. Have fun. So next, we have the George Remus Distillery. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't know your name. <laughs> so I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you introduce yourself, if that's okay. Absolutely. And this is not just for our listeners, but for me and Swan well, at the same time. So Yeah. Um, so my name's Robin Carnes. Hi Robin. Hi. <laughs> AKA that Remus girl. That's oh. Yeah. oh, okay. Well, yeah. All right. We already follow you on Instagram. Yeah, I see. There so, we go. Yeah. There you go. Yes, that, that's a good sign that it's working. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I'm with George Remus Distillery, a.k.a. Rossville Union Distillery, a.k.a. MGP. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. a.k.a. is fine yeah. because MGP is great. Yeah. Yeah, we love their stuff. Yeah. yeah. So this little cocktail that you brought us. Yes. Tell us about it yeah. because I, I had a sip just now. Yeah. It's really, really interesting. Mm. Yeah, I, um, I take cocktail... Uh, research and development very seriously when I come to these uh, festivals. I love making cocktails, and this one that I made today is the Bootlegger Smash. And it's made with George Remus bourbon, which he is the, of course, the bootlegger, the king of bootleggers. Heck yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's got a little house-made blackberry honey thyme simple syrup and a little lemon juice in there as well, garnished with a sprig of thyme. The sweetness, I think, is really what's coming through for me. Mm. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, it's really, really refreshing. Yeah. I would love to make like a picture of this. Yeah. For just sitting out on the back totally. porch. I always struggle when I have to batch cocktails for big events like this because if I'm making a cocktail at the house, it's going to be like way heavier on the booze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and no, then no, and then not as much mixer. I agree. Um, but that's I try to batch my cocktails like that, and uh, I think this one achieved it. And I don't really like overly sweet cocktails too. So this one I feel like is like the perfect balance of sweet and tart. And oh, it's, totally you know what agree. I mean? It's just super balanced, especially with the Remus in there. The Remus is a high rye bourbon, so it's got a little bit of both. Yeah. So what are some of the other products that are coming out of Remus right now? Because yeah. it, if I feel like if you were to ask the, the general bourbon drinker, they would be like, I don't know who Remus is. Right. Yeah. Right? So give us a little bit of a background, not just on the brand itself, but also on the products that are coming out sure. from you all. Yeah, so um, thankfully we're, we're getting a little uh, more well-known when it comes to the Remus brand. We've been working at that brand for a while, myself included. I was actually, uh, I started with the George Remus label back in Cincinnati about three and a half years ago. So we're finally getting a little bit more people to know what that brand is. But the MGP distillery is really well-known for a lot of the rye whiskeys they do. 
do. Yeah. And so they make so many other products for other people, but the ones that we've decided to start making for ourselves, for our branded portfolio, um, are the George Remus, this is the George Remus family, I should say. So we've got the uh, George Remus bourbon, we've got Remus Repeal Reserve, and then we also have a new one coming out called the Volstead, Remus Volstead Reserve. Okay. So that, that one, yeah. yeah, that was a 14-year-old bottled and bond. Ooh, yeah. Heck yeah. 6,000 bottles heck only yes. being made. <laughs> yeah, that'll come out late November, early December. So, uh, but with that, we've also got the Rossville Union Rye Whiskey products. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, yeah, we got to try some of the cast strength that you oh, guys had or yes. the barrel proof that you barrel put proof. out. Barrel proof, yep. It was really, good. really yeah. good. Yeah. You know, our rye whiskeys are really meant to be approachable for people that are not really interested in drinking rye um, or that want to get interested in drinking rye. Sure. Rye can be very spicy, a little harsh on the palate. Ours, we specifically made to be just a little bit smoother on the palate so that you can you know yeah i even yeah. picked that up a little bit on the barrel proof which yeah. is nuts because usually nothing barrel proof is what i would consider approachable right yeah exactly <laughs> so, yeah. it was kind of it was kind of nice That's a fair point yeah. yeah it's coming in at 112.6 which is a pretty good proof point but for a barrel proof rye whiskey i mean that's still pretty you know manageable yeah, it's up there. yeah. but it's tasty and then we've also got uh, a couple other products we've got our till vodka which is made at our atchison kansas distillery um interesting yeah i really love this vodka and i'm a bourbon drinker and i, I always joke that if you don't make a face when you're drinking vodka straight it's a good vodka and yeah i know i know most people I, don't I, no 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 so i i wanted to try this oh you, um, you're mixing i like I, it i threw a little bit of ale into this cocktail too yeah um it could it use some bubbly just purely me trying to see yeah. what would happen. Cool. You got to tell me how it is. Is it good? Oh my gosh. Do you share? Do you share? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's so refreshing, you just right? Just my cocktail. <laughs> um, I mean, it was just me going, "Hey, LA's real good. This cocktail's real good. Let's oh, uh, throw the two of them together." No, I love it. Um, this is the right amount of bubbly too. This is like me making a pitcher of cocktails yeah. to go sit down on the beach. Totally. Yeah. I'll give you my recipe. Okay. And then you yeah. just no, add oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Please do. We yeah. won't share it with anybody, yeah. but holy crap. This one's just for yeah. us. Try that. Yeah. So, so we've got a couple other products. The Eat and Sand Blended Bourbon Whiskey is another one. Yeah. Yeah. That I had one's that for, recently. Yeah. It's really good. It is really yeah. good. I like to call that one the Gateway Whiskey. It's just easy. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and the other product that we have is Tanner's Creek, which is an Indiana-only product. But it's, you know, it's kind of similar to the Eight and Sand product, but the Mashables are different. But it's the same concept, like so, Rack House series. What, what is really interesting to me is that there are products that kind of exist on the peripheries mm -hmm. of whiskeys. Yeah. So you have those that are kind of in the upper echelon, um, really, really well identifiable. Buffalo Trace, Heaven Hill, Jim Beam, those kind of products. But at the bottom of it is some of the craft distilleries who are still doing really, really good stuff, but maybe are not as well recognized. And I feel like Remus is in there too. So if you had to sell to somebody, and I know that it's... It, it, it's a weird thing to give an elevator pitch, yeah. <laughs> right, to somebody who has never had your product before. But what would your elevator pitch be to somebody who has never had Remus before? First off, let me just say, I'm not good at elevator pitches. <laughs> 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 that 
being said, um, I actually, I mean, this is part of my job. I sell our products into bars sure. and restaurants all the time. But what I would tell somebody about the George Remus is that it is historical. It isn't just a bourbon oh, yeah. that we decided to make and like make up a story just to sell some whiskey. Yeah. You know, George Remus was a huge bootlegger and not a lot yes. of people know his story. And so when you find out that the king of the bootleggers lived in Cincinnati, Ohio, um, and he had his hands in Indiana and Kentucky and gosh, everywhere else, because he was known for having really good whiskey. Um, you know, it's not just about drinking good whiskey. It's drinking our heritage. It's drinking our, our history here. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he capitalized on all of the distilleries that were shut down during prohibition. So everybody knew you went to Remus to get the good age stuff, not the bad. <laughs> Tub gin, right? There you go. Not yeah. not the moonshine that was you know colored with tobacco spit and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you, E. H. Taylor, right? for making that. Yeah. Not have to happen. Anymore. But honestly, this is you know I said earlier the eight and sand is like your gateway whiskey, right? But the Remus is your next step up. It's it's your graduation present essentially because yeah. it is a ninety four proof five to six year old bourbon, and it's the perfect balance of spicy and sweet. Since it's a high rye bourbon, you know we don't we don't stick to one specific uh, number on a mash bill, a, per a percentage. We do more for a profile. Sure. But if I can say that, we're always in the upper 20s of rye on the mash bill for George Remus. Good. Yeah, so it's a high <laughs> rye. So, like, you know, and I and I said it earlier, um, you know, you're, you're going to get that nice sweet on the front end, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to finish real spicy down the throat. And it's like, like I said, it's just the perfect balance. And I like to call it the everyday bourbon because it's perfect on on its own it's great on the rocks and it makes killer cocktails yeah, so yeah sure. you can use it for anything for sure. and yep. not that you really have to sell the volstead but what what can we look forward to like i mean it, what's the what's kind of the tasting notes on that have you had i it don't yet? even know i even had it yet oh okay. i can tell Ooh. you that the tasting notes are um it's going to be amazing and <laughs> i like that um, <laughs> i mean let's be real a 14 year old bottled and bond yeah, you had me sold right there. From yeah. MGP Distillery, for I'm Pete's here. sake. I'm here you know? for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're here for it. We're all here for it. Yeah, There's only going to be, be 6,000 bottles made. And it's going to come in a nice, fancy bottle with a wooden box. It's going to be amazing. So Can't wait. Yeah, it, it's all good things, for all right, sure. All right, podcast listeners, I think we're going to be reviewing that here. <laughs> before yeah. Oh, I hope so. If I can get my hands on a bottle, we're reviewing it, for yeah, sure. it's going to happen. Robin, Absolutely. thank you so you're much. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. I'm glad that we were able to do some, uh, some cocktail, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Research while we were here. I'm I have like to put that. that in my notes. I, I really do cool. too. Yeah. Yeah. Kudos to you. Well, I like the creativity. All I did was go, hey, this would be really good with ALA. But like that's like half the good ideas that are ever made, like ever talked about, are ones that start like that. <laughs> hey, I have an It's idea. a maybe. It's always yeah. a maybe. So, Robin, yeah. thank you. Thank so you much. so much. It. Yeah. <laughs> I am really excited about this one. Yeah, me too, man. I've actually not had moonshine in a good long time. <laughs> long time. Royce. Yes, sir. Good to meet you, man. Hey, good to meet we, you guys. We were friends on Facebook for a long time before we actually got to uh, sit down and chat. Yeah, Facebook's um, a crazy thing. Isn't it's it? something. Yeah. So this is the Neely Family Distillery Moonshine. We don't normally have moonshine on This Is My Bourbon podcast. No, it's usually touching a barrel before we, we get anywhere near it. But so I'm pretty interesting thing, too. Right now, we're bringing up single barrels into the gift shop. And every time we sell through one, I'm actually re-entering uh, this moonshine recipe into that used barrel. That's cool. So we've got some out there now that's almost two years old. As far as I know, there's no, because this is never going to be, this could never be a whiskey. It's literally only a moonshine. Yeah. So sure. we've got some two-year-old age moonshine out there that's doing some really cool stuff in that barrel. So tell us real quick about what it is. 
is that we're actually about to drink. So what we do with this uh, product, so uh, <clears throat> we used uh, Domino cane sugar and sweet corn, which is the same recipe that my great-grandfather used. It's almost 120 years old. He was the first one of the Neelys to start adding Domino cane sugar into that mash. Uh, it gives you a lot of the, you get a lot of that uh, buttery corn, the sweet cane sugar taste on the mid to back palate, and then it warms as it goes down, but it doesn't burn. And that's something you're really looking for from a good moonshine, even though we sell it at 120.2 proof. It'll burn a good clear blue flame up to your knee. I mean, Excuse don't me. get me what, wrong. What proof was that? 120. There's no way. I swear to God. Hey, put, that's going to no get way. you in trouble, right. Swan. 120 the proof. bubbles on it. Oh my 120 proof is kind of where we exist, just as yeah. bourbon drinkers. So, like, Knob Creek single barrel. Um, even all the way down to, like, 110 with Russell's Reserve. Big yeah. fan of both of those. But, like... This does not drink like it is as high a proof as it is. No, this is like I, low 100s. I mean, would I would I be remiss to say I would mix this with uh, with some some orange juice? <laughs> no, I would. I mean, I would even just drink it straight. It's that good, honestly. And the key Dude. to it is, guys. You know, it's all about making a good clean cut off of that still. Uh, but that triple pot distillation allows us to further rectify oh, yeah. it, but still bring the flavors over. So we'll run it through three pots and then let it hit a thump keg on the way through, and that allows it to pick the flavor back up again while still keeping a lot of the cleanness and smoothness from that product. So one thing I want to make sure that we talk about, too, is this interesting claim that you guys have on your standee of okay. your grandfather, right? Yes. Okay, so it says we're back, and this time we're legal. <laughs> What, what does that mean? So my family's been making and distilling. They were two different times uh, legally, but pretty much the rest of that time has been all illegal, all from the mountains right. in eastern Kentucky. So my dad was the first generation to start making it legally. I was the second generation. Now, I started distilling. Uh, or Sorry, let's say I may or may not have started distilling <laughs> uh, on Allegedly. the University of Kentucky's campus. Of course, UK doesn't okay. know that. Right. I had a still set up over there that I had built almost 10 years ago. We started running it. Uh, we would run it through the week when we were still and then we take it to frat parties. I played baseball, small school down the road. We bootlegged it at those parties. It got really popular. Uh, my mom and dad found out about it, not too thrilled, you know, sending, sending his son to college. And my dad left the mountains to get away from a lot of that. Sure. And, uh, you know, now we're right back into it again. But they saw, I, I guess they thought that I had a talent for it. Uh, and my dad come to me and we wrote a business plan up. And uh, he said, you know, I think this is going to do really well. And uh, I was making it the exact same way that my grandfather had taught me. And we went legal with it and uh, haven't really looked back ever since. So, I love the, the family story behind all this. Oh, thank you. I mean, really, yeah. really do. That, um, that's what it's all about for us. When you go into our gift shop, you'll see uh, almost a museum in the front. It's going to show old newspaper articles, old guns. I've got great, my great-grandfather's original still in there that's over 120 years old, never made a legal drop in its life. So cool. Probably my most prized possession, but we have all that on display, and that's what we show you when you start off our tour. And then I take you in the back and show you how we make our bourbons now, all sweet mashed, triple pot distilled, which nobody else in the state 100% triple pot distills their bourbons. Uh, and then I like to let it open ferment uh, in Cypress, so we have 600 gallons and five, 600-gallon Cypress vats. Uh, and then I actually grow my own yeast on site. Do so you I'm, really? I am. I'm a big advocate. To me, you're not a real distiller if you can't work and grow your own yeast strands. So I went down to Owsley County. The only way I can make my moonshine taste like my great-grandfather's was to introduce the wild yeast strand from the mountains up here in Sparta, Kentucky, where we're at. So I go down there once a year, and I catch that strand in Neely Fork at their old steel site. I bring it up, and we work that year-round in the distillery and introduce that into our mashes to get that same flavor into it. Now we're doing that with our bourbons as well. 
Royce, thank you so much for sitting down. Hey, thank with you, guys. That, yeah, that, I cannot wait to see where Neely goes in the future. Thank you so much. Hey, I appreciate yeah. that, man. How are you doing, man? Doing well. I think you may, in my mind, have one of my favorite cocktails we've had here today. Well, let, let's back up just a second yeah. because I have been aching to have Stephen Fante on this podcast for a long time. Not just because you represent Limestone Branch Distillery, but also because I would think that you are one of the more, I would say, characteristic folks. Oh, yeah. You embody your brand like no other. <laughs> In bourbon brands today. <laughs> Absolutely. Stephen, welcome to the show, man. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So talk a little bit first off, because I don't think that a lot of people know about Limestone Branch. There's a few people visited us, uh, yeah. about 50,000 so far a year, right around there. But uh, you're right, there are a ton more believers to be brought on board in the future. I think so, too, but you guys have been going for much longer than the bourbon boom, right? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, May of 2011 is when our shovel hit the ground. And by February of 2012, Mr. Beam took his first gold medal. He didn't even dust a still off, went straight to gold. <laughs> but Yellowstone itself, though, has been a lot longer than 2011. One of the oldest bourbon brands in the United States goes all the way back to 1872. So that in and of itself, I think, is good enough to represent a brand or a product. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So what do you guys have on, your, on the market right now? in terms of Yellowstone products? We've had several different limited edition releases uh, going back to 2015 when we took over the brand. And in 2015, we released a limited edition, 105 proof, seven-year wheat, seven-year rye, and 12-year rye. I called that one a 12-cylinder bourbon. Fired on all parts of your palate. Sweetness of the wheat on the front of the tongue, the spiciness of the rye on the outside backs of your tongue, and that old rye just hung out in the center like a hair in a biscuit. I love everything about that. That's that is, if, if you are looking for a bourbon that satisfies not only yourself, but everybody else, I think that that is the absolute best product. You know the descriptors on the back of the bottle that tell you kind of the tasting notes and the history about it? That just came to life in front of me. That's fantastic. Oh, this, this <laughs> was like, you know, as, as the author was sitting down at their typewriter. Exactly. And they were tasting the whiskey. Oh, it's amazing. Th this was as, I would say, virile <laughs> as you could possibly get with that. You guys came here, though, with a couple of cocktails. That is true. What is the main cocktail, though, that, as some would say, is world famous that you're offering up to the patrons of Bourbon on the Banks? Well, today we did the Black Bear Smash, and the Black Bear Smash is the number one selling summertime cocktail at Miner's Lounge. Oh. It's uh, blackberry puree is what we're using here tonight because of the batch mixing, but it's fresh blackberries at the distillery. And then there's uh, lime juice and we take and uh, and cut it down with a little bit of that uh, Rose's lime juice. And then we take and put a healthy pour of Yellowstone Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey over that. And we add the effervescence of Alate One Winchester Kentucky Soda Pop to give it its sparkling nature. I cannot argue with 
the ingredients of that. Uh, no, that. I mean, yeah. I'm not a cocktail person. You may have converted me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good, especially during the summer. I think oh, is perfect. One yeah. of the more important parts of that. Yeah, you don't even have to like bourbon to like the cocktail. That's great. You guys every year come out with a limited edition That's of true Yellowstone. Um, over the past couple of years, it has been given gold medals. Yeah, that uh, 2016 Limited was uh, finished in a uh, toasted wood wine cask. It gave 2016's Limited a toasted wood finish like no other bourbon I'd ever drank. I miss it a lot. I miss it as well. What did he do with the cask? He took it to the cooperage, had a one-char fired right through the center of that previous bourbon on the same day that it was dumped. Kelvin Cooperage fired for us. Embedding the bourbon into the wood, the 2017 Limited Edition was finished in that cask. The 2017 Limited was bourbon on bourbon. It had fatter legs than Rosie O'Donnell and a longer hang time than Michael Jordan. I don't have... <laughs> that was as good of a description as I could imagine. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> for Yellowstone in 2016. Stephen, thank you so much for sitting down with us, You're my welcome. friend. Um, if you have not yet visited the Limestone Branch Distillery in northern Kentucky. You absolutely have to. They are fabulous in everything that they do. Yeah. These products that are coming out of there, they are undersung. They are underrepresented. But you guys have to go and check that out. Absolutely. If I'm going to add anything, the minor case rye that I tried earlier, fantastic. Oh, it was so good. Absolutely pick up so some of good. that stuff. For sure. Steven, thank you so much. You're welcome. Buddy. Thanks for having us in. Appreciate it. So last night, I'm going to be honest, I was a little bit rude. We had a very, very long conversation with Nate and Haley. We did. While being told at the same time that John from the old Pogue distillery was waiting on us. And I I saw you, John, out of the corner of my eye. I was so ready for you to hop in and chat and everything. And I apologize so much. But I am so happy that you are able to sit down with us. My pleasure. Tonight. Yeah. No worries. I had to uh, get on the road, and <laughs> we all got to live by a clock these days. So let, let me start by saying Old Pogue is probably one of the most underrated, underrepresented bourbons in the market right now. There's only so much. <laughs> you know, there's a finite supply. Um, doing everything I can to fix that problem, though, I will say. We've been making more bourbon for, oh, about a five years now. now. Um, yeah. Yeah, trying to bolster the inventory, but uh, there's no sacrifice in the time part of this equation. Got to wait. One of the really, really cool things about what you guys are doing is that you are, I would say, <laughs> as far from a traditional distillery as you can get because... You're just going up a hill to a house, and you're hanging out, um, hearing my... about the brand and everything. It, am, am I outdated in my oh, no, that's, understanding uh, of the brand? Well, it's my ancestor's house. It's uh, I've had four master distillers live in that place. Two of them were born there. It's where my distillery is. Uh, the license is registered on those premises. Sure. So it may be an unconventional place for a factory and i definitely don't recommend it to anybody building a factory <laughs> on a hillside um, but my water source is there on top of my licensing the history side of my family's business um, 
Yeah, it is. It's a unique experience for customers to uh, enter our premises, driving off a hillside. A little bit of leap of faith. What 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 is so cool though about that is that the trek through Bourbon mm-hmm. is so unique. I mean, it, it it is by no means one way or another, and getting to some place like Pope. It is 100% unique. I mean, nowhere else do you have to put on your working boots and and get up that hill just to come and see what you're doing um, in your distillery. But it's worth it, though, right? Yeah, I like to think so. Um, You know, it's a unique setting uh, overlooking Ohio River, uh, Simon Kenton Memorial Bridge, downtown Maysville. Um, I, I really can't say there's another family-owned distillery that existed prior to Prohibition and post-Prohibition uh, that resides on the same premises. Yeah. Um, it, it has its challenges, for sure, but it, it presents a pretty nice setting. So as far as products, though, what are you guys doing right now that we, is different from other people in the bourbon industry? Well, I'd say, uh, apart from access of our property being a little bit unconventional, we're pretty traditional in our tastes. Um, we do a nine-year-old Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. It's a, a small batch bourbon. Um, and we also do a, a single malt uh, rye whiskey. It's a five-year-old product that's 100% malted rye, which is pretty unconventional um, in modern times. It's the oldest recipe we have, though. Um, it, it dates back to 1796, um, according to one of my ancestors' little tobacco pouch books. It's where we uh, dug it up. We have a good time cooking it. It's more like a European-style whiskey uh, with the American grain. Um, so it, it's a little bit of the old meets new all around. Swan, do you want to try a little bit? Oh, I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've, I've got to. <laughs> you know, I looked at picking up this bottle twice, and I have a feeling after trying it, I'm going to have to go pick another one up. Good. I know where to find it, so. Yeah. I'll definitely go do that if all goes well, and I have a feeling it will. We have fun time with it. It's a sticky mess um, in the production side of it. Actually getting it to run through our column could be a little bubbly, but uh, sure. just got to run it slow and be patient with it. Creates a very different aroma, though, when you sprout a grain or germinate it. Um, it's very rye. And oh, again, yeah. yeah, it's 100% <laughs> malted rye. It is very, very um, rye, I would I have say. to get the grain from, from Canada, I'll admit. I, I would source it locally if I could find anybody to malt it up. But these days, um, it comes from up north. Oh, wow. That's I good, like that. man. I like it a lot. You know, just like getting to your distillery, this is seriously unique. Yeah. yeah. Seriously unique. It's um, a, a little mix of the old and the new, as I said. Um, it's aged in a char four. Uh, white oak barrel, same as our, our bourbon, uh, yeah. and, and we do batch just about four to five barrels of it together a year. Um, I, I make very limited quantities of it on an annual basis that's much more expensive to produce on top of it being kind of more rare grain. You know, I'm all for that because I know that you guys, it seems like just from the way you describe it, you're going for quality over quantity, Certainly. and I, I love that because there's a yeah, lot of people too. that push products out way too early. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, some of them are good, some of them are just kind of ant, but this is, like, I can tell you took your time with this. Uh, and you, you definitely hand-selected exactly what you guys were going for. Cheers. I think that what is important about this, too, is that you're not hearing somebody who is trying to build on something that they imagined as their legacy. Yeah. 
for John, for you, this is your legacy. Yeah, right? yeah my I family's mean, been doing this uh, for a long time. Exactly. I mean, I'm, since the 1800s. So this is something that you don't just have to live up to, but, you know, you, you want to yeah. contribute to. And I think that this is a fantastic representation. Of I appreciate it. Old Maysville Club. Y'all go and check it out. Absolutely. I know where a bottle's at, Perry. I might be picking one up here. I know where one is. Here's one. Ooh, then we can both get one. (laughs) Great. John, thank you so much for hanging out with us, buddy. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on. Now, this, though, is something that I was really not expecting with the podcast. How long have we been talking about this product? I've been raving about it, and when they showed up, I was extremely excited. We've been going, we have to try this distillery we have to get them on the show it has been something that kind of fell into our laps though and here we are with colin from the king's county distillery Mm -hmm. colin welcome on man thank you i'm glad to be here dude so go ahead and talk a little bit about what you are to the company and it sounds like you are a little bit more than something to Kings County. <laughs> I, Kings County is my project, I guess there I can go. say. I'm the co-founder and head distiller. And uh, so Kings County is a, is a craft distillery in Brooklyn. I grew up in eastern Kentucky, and um, that's how I first got interested in distilling, uh, partly because Harlan County is a dry county, and I would yes. bring moonshine from... Uh, Eastern Kentucky back to New York and I would share it with people and people were really enthusiastic about that and so I got interested in really the the business started with moonshine and I would have been happy to just make <laughs> kind of terrible moonshine and I, w- I would have been thrilled and, and share it with people illegally but um, that is uh, that is not that's good to hear the federal government does not like that and so the federal government says if you want to be a distiller so I I got a hobby still off the internet and started actually distilling and very quickly realized that my audience in New York wanted something that wasn't really like straight up, you know, high proof moonshine. They wanted what what we now know as white whiskey, which was something that didn't really exist 10 years ago as a concept. Um, So I kind of, um, (laughs) because it's illegal to make whiskey at home, (laughs) I had to become a commercial distillery. In order to continue this project of perfecting uh, white whiskey and, by extension, any aged whiskey that comes from that. So the whole distillery is kind of predicated on this idea that if you make good white whiskey, then everything that comes from that will follow. Uh, and so as a distiller, I'm always interested in other distillers, white white dogs or distillate, like, you know, raw distillate. Um, and uh, so... Kings County is, because we're sort of between Ireland, Scotland, Kentucky, uh, Tennessee, we're sort of in this kind of melting pot city. I wanted the distillery to borrow from pot distillation from Scotch culture and corn from American culture. And uh, uh, we do open fermentation. We do uh, fermentation of wood tanks. So as much loyalty to tradition as possible. Um, but without being beholden to any one tradition. And that's kind of the story of Kings County. You know, I've 
I really like that. And I think one of my favorite things about you guys is I've looked at your entire portfolio of stuff that you've got. You're so darn experimental. Yeah. I love that <laughs> because there's, there's people that put out – in Buffalo Trace and Woodford are big on this. They do experimental collections. Oh, yeah. You guys are putting that on your main line. Yeah, that's true. And that's phenomenal. So, I mean, talk a little bit about, like, what's your portfolio look like? I mean, you've got a mm-hmm. heated bourbon and uh, there's a chocolate malt. Is that is that right? There's a, yeah, we have, uh, so we kind of have three different tiers of whiskeys. We have a lot of um, what you would probably legally call flavored whiskeys. They're just uh, moonshine infusions, mm-hmm. but kind of like for an elevated audience, so like chocolate, a very dark, bitter chocolate whiskey. We have a grapefruit jalapeno whiskey for the summer. Um, oh we gosh. do a, a winter spice whiskey that is kind of like a spice rum, but a spice whiskey. Um, so that's one group of whiskeys. Then we have uh, a group of aged whiskeys that are sort of between scotch and bourbon. So our regular straight bourbon is uh, a high malt mash bill pot distilled bourbon we have a peated bourbon and then we have an american single malt that uh would be a scotch if it were made in scotland but just doesn't you know, <laughs> that's the only aspect of the single malt rules that we don't conform to and then we have our sort of allocated whiskeys so we have a rye whiskey um we have a barrel strength bourbon and a bottled and bond bourbon and then i guess it's fair to say even beyond that we have some distillery only things like oat whiskey um, we have Ooh. some agave distillate. We have Ooh. actually we don't sell that at the distillery. That's like a <laughs> that's like so that's distillery you. exclusive. That's a you uh, thing. You gotta yeah. You gotta just ask me for a bottle. And I'll give you one. Um, uh, uh, but hey, we, can but, we can we have a <laughs> yeah yeah. Okay, I'll, yeah, I'll right. see if I can get that to you. You can't you can't ship that one. So all right, we'll, so we'll find a way. It's a handoff. Swan, in, we're gonna we're gonna have to drive up in Maryland. To Maryland. All yeah, right, yeah. let's go. May as well. May as well. What I love about this, though, is that Kentucky is not 100% synonymous with bourbon. Right. It may be one of the things that, you know, when, when you talk about bourbon, you're like, oh. Yeah, it's heavily associated, but it's not the end-all, be-all, and you guys are definitely proving that. Yeah, and, and it seems to me like Kings County is a sleeper in the realm of American bourbons. And you you really have been working in the background, I think. I think that's a fair description. And I, and I think that's partly because whiskey takes time to age. So oh, yeah, I have, sure. I have known what we're up to. <laughs> but, but, you know, it, what you're up to doesn't always, because it's not released, doesn't always get to the customer. But I think because I'm from Kentucky and I really love Kentucky bourbon and I got to this through an affinity, not just for bourbon, but for the broader Kentucky culture. I think it is that respect for traditional bourbon that allows me to step away from that and say, I want to do something different, something that doesn't compete with that, but something that's nonetheless interesting to somebody who is very deep into that world. So, um, you know, I think a lot of the decision-making that goes on at the distillery really falls from that point of view, which is that, is this going to be interesting to well, is it going to be interesting to a novice? Is it going to be interesting to somebody who's had a lot of bourbons before? Is it going to be something that's interesting to another distiller? Even that is something that I want to make because I feel like um, in the craft world, we're all kind of, um, there's, a, there's a collegiality and a brotherhood to it that, um, oh, yeah. um, that I very sure. much you know, want to participate in and foster. 
Buddy, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Yeah, my it, pleasure. It's been fantastic. Um, Y'all have to go check out Kings County. <laughs> we do. <laughs> I we, think they are one of the best out-of-state bourbon whiskeys. Yeah. And by out-of-state, I mean out of Kentucky. But, yeah. you know, take that as you may. <laughs> I, I will take it and I appreciate it. Yeah, no. For sure. Go and check out Kings County. Cheers, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I cannot think of a better way to end out Bourbon on the Banks than with two of the best friends. I know them. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> this is my Bourbon Night. We're the three best Did friends. Did you say this that is my Bourbon Night? Could have. <laughs> what? You, you said this is my Bourbon Night. No, I you did. Did I? Yeah. Oh. Rewind Ooh. it. Well. It's a collaboration. This is his bourbon night, okay? Let yeah. us know. Yeah. I'm going cool. to stand by it in this case because Sweet. it's been a long, long weekend. But Chad and Sarah from It's Bourbon Night. Hey. Yes, this right is here. my bourbon night podcast. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of hurts hey, a little teeny Are we recording? Because I just listened to the um, Weekly Planet where they recorded a whole episode and they didn't record. Oh, and then they did it again. No, and I, we're actually recording. And it made me think of of the Us? 100th episode yeah. that didn't uh-huh. record. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> talk about it. What um, a sassy little minx. No, it's more of a <laughs> it's more of like a public service announcement. No, yeah, check your Zoom. Yeah, check <laughs> your check your Zoom, everybody. AKA Chad's reminder to check your stuff. Regardless, I could not think of a better way to finish out. Bourbon on the Banks. There you go. Then with, I would say, the best friends of this My Bourbon podcast. That anyone's ever had. Yeah, yeah I already uh-huh. did the song. I know. Yeah, I know. Good. I know you did. It's a good song. But it's Bourbon Night. Chad and Sarah are here. And what up? This you guys has been. running, too, by the way. What's that? I saw you guys running back and forth. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Oh, we yeah. ran. Oh, yeah. We ran. We got we, every. We were making some time. We got every <laughs> booth covered. Good this deal. has sure been one of the coolest and most fun oh, bourbon festivals so I can what? think of recently. I agree. And what I think is so cool is that we met some people from Illinois. We met some people from Amsterdam <laughs> who watch our show, which is in and itself awesome. That's but we're wild. thinking, like, they have a limited time here, right? They're only visiting for yeah. four days. And because of this festival... They not only got to go to some distilleries, but now because they've walked up and down this river strip, they can try things from distilleries all over the state, the country. Like, that's cool. And they're here in the U.S. for a handful of days. And instead of just spending their time at one or two distilleries and learning what they can learn there, they're able to experience flavors from all over. Just because of these little tents, they can walk from one booth to the next. And have the experience of traveling there, which is great. You can't get that. You cannot buy that anywhere else. No, you can't. No, I, I got to try some peated bourbon, and I got to do some. Oh, yeah, what dude. did you say? Peated Why? bourbon. Peated that seems bourbon. like a. Why? It seems yeah. like a oxymoron or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, I got to try that. Is that real? Why'd you yeah, do it? it's no, real. It I'm kidding. It's real. It's 100% real. Yeah, we got to try this Maysville, which is a 100% malted, you know, rye. That's nuts. I mean, we had all sorts of different stuff. I have to say, it's delicious. It's pretty good. Really? And yeah. for someone who doesn't like peat, that's a big thing. Well, well it's malted. It's not peated. That's what he said. Well, this is different. This is like the malted rye. Yeah. The 100% malted rye. No peat. Yeah, no, the peated stuff's good, too, My actually. Apologies. I was kind of surprised. Chaos. 
chaos on labels here. <laughs> yeah, there's so much. But see, that's the thing is that there's so much we could get confused in, yeah. in one festival on one river walk. That's well, and when they nuts. give you a sample at the booths, and you have the, so many going up and down, you know, you're bound to get confused. I gotta, I gotta take notes next time. I, I have been sitting here all night and I'm confused. Yeah, <laughs> I need a journal next time. <laughs> This is easily the coolest festival that is happening in Central Kentucky, just about bourbon right now. And I am so, so happy to be a part of it. Yeah, bourbon and cheese, man. I've had so much cheese today. <laughs> Let's be real. There was a handful of cheese, yes. You know what I think Ooh. is the funniest is that Wendy, who who helped, she literally put this yes. thing together. Um, and this is the first annual. I'm sure there will yes, be a indeed. second annual because um, this is great. But... Uh, she helped to put this on, and from the beginning, we were like, but Wendy, what will you do at an outdoor festival in August if it rains? She said, it won't rain. It will not rain huh. and on it my did parade. Not. Literally, she refused it to accept not. that Not only rain. that, but and the temperature. She oh, said it would be perfect. comfortable, and in it would the be 70s. sunny, and it would be in the 70s. And you know what? The max today was 81, <laughs> so it was in the 70s for most of the day. It did not rain. So either Wendy's a witch or a weatherman, or I don't know. <laughs> or a witchy weatherman. A witchy weatherman. But she knew. Meteorologist. From the beginning, she knew what was up. No, but seriously, she did a great job putting this together. No, I, I think, think it's so amazing. Th- this is easily one of the most accessible bourbon festivals. I think that's super important, Perry, because yeah. a lot of other festivals charge a premium price and you get seminars and you get exclusive access to high-tier people. But so, at this, you get to try all the things and it's very accessible and approachable. Well, well this is all about the bourbon. Mm-hmm. Right? Other festivals, it's about bourbon and X. It's about bourbon and Y. Ecstasy? But, uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to have a, a It's huge, about bourbon and ecstasy? We're going to have an LSD, I'm sorry. bourbon, huh. and... Uh, uh, LSD festival here. No, huh. um, I missed that booth. It, it is a hard, hard rumor. One hundred percent false. <laughs> I missed that booth. But here, though, it is all about the bourbon, and that is something that I think has been missing from Central Kentucky. Yeah, this is actually the first one I've gone to, and there's a reason for that. One, it's a mile and a half from my house, and then two, it's also just, <laughs> it's accessible. You know, like, I, I came here, and I'm not a you know, huge fan of big crowds, and I got to watch, uh, I got to walk the entire border walk and just go to a booth with my drink ticket and say, hey, I really want to try your stuff. I saw it on Instagram, Facebook, wherever, and never thought I'd be able to find it. Can I have some? And they're uh-huh. like, do you, do you want this and this and this? We can just give you our whole lineup if you want to try it. I mean, it's it's nuts. Totally. Very I accommodating. That, I don't get that anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, I'll say this about it. It's completely different from the other bourbon festivals that are in Kentucky. It's a, um, they didn't try to copy any of the other established festivals that are out there. It's a breath of fresh air, literally, because it's outside. But they, yeah, they just did their Amen. own thing. And it's like, yeah, it's like a boardwalk. It's a river walk, and that's exactly what it is. And it's it's refreshing and, and new, and I have to applaud them for trying something uh, different and find a different approach to a bourbon festival. Also, I think it's a bit romantic, you know? I agree. In Frankfurt, in the heart, like literally, a lot of people consider like Frankfurt and Buffalo Trace the heart of bourbon. Oh, country. you can and smell Buffalo Trace. Oh, yeah. Literally, you can smell it. It's right down the road. <laughs> and you've got this beautiful river and it's a gorgeous night. Yeah. It just feels very romantic. And the other thing is, is that they make it approachable because they had cocktails, they had wine, they had beer. Mm-hmm. So if you're not 
us four sitting at this table who are like, give it to me, neat. In this cup. Give it to me, neat, then, baby. You know, it, it, that's what I a, say when I walk up to booths. It's a bourbon event, but it's a social event also. Yeah, yeah. And it's great. What a great time. There was music. I agree. I mean, Sarah, how many new friends did we make tonight? I mean, seriously. A bunch. It was insane. Yeah. It was like one of the a best lot. networking events I've been to that wasn't a networking event. Well, this has been It's Bourbon Night. Thanks, Chad. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, is that you kidding no, me? No, I agree. It, it, it has been a really, really good networking opportunity for everybody who has been here. I mean, I, not only have I been able to reconnect with people who represent certain distilleries, but they are really, really weird and have thought that they should connect me. And us, the podcast. Isn't that funny with, when that happens? It's really You're nice. like, what? Is this an <laughs> alien planet? Where have I landed? Yeah. Why should we all know each other? But I, I love the synergy that has happened. Synergy is like the cheesiest best word to describe. <laughs> no, what a buzzword. It really is. We yeah, all have, like, again, us being here and having an outlet to where people... I'm for those of you out there who like to listen to us. God bless you. But yeah, um, thank you. No, but seriously, you are you make it happen, um, and and they recognize that. Yeah. We have an outlet to talk to you about these cool things that we get to experience. For sure. Did you have a favorite booth? I'm just not. Or, did you or, get to go to the booth? I know that. Did you get to go to the booth? I got to experience the booths in a limited capacity. Okay. okay. Yeah. In my limited capacity, Jim Beam. Oh. was probably my favorite because uh, they had a 2012. They had a bookers. 2012, and they were acting like it was no big deal. They were like, oh, it's just a Booker's. I'm like, I don't know. What year is this from? So here's, here's, a, here's, a, here's a slight brag from Chad. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Subtle Chad which, brag. Which is not, Coming in hot. Nor, not normal at all. Skip ahead 10 seconds uh, if you don't want to hear. <laughs> yeah, we'll put timestamps in the description. <laughs> don't you volunteer him for we're that. We're not as fancy as uh, It's Bourbon Night. Oh, okay. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I do those when I'm drunk, just so you know. Yeah, there you go. No, so we, uh, the guy who was at the uh, Bourbon uh, uh, here at the Jim Bean booth um, was, we, we knew from uh, another festival. I don't know if we should mention it because this is about Bourbon on the Banks, but uh, he, he recognized us from another festival and he was like, oh, you guys were so interested in bookers at that festival. Oh I, I remember you guys. You wanted to take the bottle or the box home, <laughs> which I did get to go home with the box. Oh, he remembered. Oh my god! <laughs> Here it is! Swan. The box! Best timing ever. Uh, that worked out perfectly. So, <laughs> this is a non stained Booker's box. So, it means it's a light wood. Um, wow, this is a 2012 box, which is just amazing. Thank you! That is, oh, I tried to make it back here, yes, and I made it back, and he was already, he was already torn down. But anyway, um, what I was gonna say was, at this other festival, we're like, hey, this is an old Booker's. It doesn't even have a name on it. Like, it's just the numbers. And he was like, oh, I didn't even, I didn't even realize that. And we looked it up and like, yeah, dude, that's like a, I think that was also like a 2012. And then so when he saw us tonight, he was like, hey, you were those guys who like told me that it was an older Booker's. <laughs> like, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have to try that yeah now. i'm gonna oh. have to follow this dude just everywhere he's just got <laughs> older bookers just coming out of places 130 point is like i don't eight care or something 130.8 i, I yeah. think it was approved or something ah oh, so good that yeah bookers yeah. man so good <sighs> oh ridiculous so bourbon on the banks has been 
perfect. Yeah, I right. highly recommend it. Highly. I mean, that was just like the obvious highlight, right? The Jim oh, Beam yeah. booth. Yeah, for sure. Right? We all expect Jim Beam to kill it at a booth. Buffalo yeah. Trace killed it at their booths. But like MGP did a great job they of did. showcasing yeah, their brands. And they were so, like, one. my favorite line from the night was, we're the biggest distillery that no one knows about. And I love that because they're willing to be out there and upfront of like, we do all this stuff for people. We make great product. And yet we're in the background, unless you're like in the know, in the know, in the industry, which sure. I assume most people that are listening to this podcast are. And some people may disagree with me. They may be like, oh, but it's MGP, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't care if you're upfront <laughs> oh, about where Indiana. you got it from. You do whatever you got to do to blend it, you know, produce it. Oh, there's an art in it. it. We learned that today. There's an art in it. And I don't care what you say. You say whatever you want. They make good stuff. So if you open a bottle and you're like, oh, it's MGP, I, I guarantee you it will be quality. Swan. Swan. What yeah. do you Swan. think? Swan. No. Way in Swan. No. Swan. No. He doesn't want to. I love It's Drunk Night. <laughs> yeah. It's Drunk Night. Chaz and Sarah. I love with It's Sarah with an H Sarah. night. Oh, it's Drunk <laughs> Night. We're going to drink some more. We're going to have another 10 or 12. And we're going to go to the yeah. after party. We should really probably get to the after party, though. <gasps> We should. There's Thank so many guys. after. We've heard of like three after parties. Yeah, but the big one is at Goodwood. Yes, that's where uh, we're going. I heard, there's I heard a Frankfurt the Bourbon good. Society yeah, after party. Uh, there's some things right going next on. Door. There's some things. All I, know. I don't know. I don't so know. So here's the thing: if you have more time to talk about more highlights from the Bourbon on the Banks, I'm happy to do that in another episode. But I agree with you Ooh. that we should go. Okay. To the after party. I have a question. Okay. True. What are you guys doing tomorrow night at 8 o'clock? False? Uh, we're going to be going live. <laughs> yeah. On our YouTube could, channel. Could we what? talk about Bourbon on the Banks a oh, little bit sure. more? Oh, sure. Let's do it. Are you sure? I have no... I literally haven't thought that far ahead in my life. Okay. So, <laughs> sure. I all have right. no plans. Yeah. So, we'll do... Welcome. Join us. Okay. All right. So, I'll come over. And we'll drink we'll... all bourbons story. that were... Offered here. Oh, that'll be, <laughs> that'll be our that's theme. A great idea. I picture the Toy Story toys welcoming everyone into their. <laughs> it's yes, the class. The class. Yes. The chosen one. You're the chosen one. I've been chosen. Welcome. <laughs> the class. So uh, you are listening to this post us doing a live episode with It's Bourbon Night. Now to say, if you want to have some ambiance. He was trying to wrap up, Chad. Well, <laughs> who's to say? That's a mistake. Wait, no. Yeah, no, I know. If you want some ambiance, put your phone light on and put a bottle of bourbon, empty or not, on top of the phone light, it, and it, it makes a lovely. It is a lovely light. Lovely light. It, it is so nice. It really it is a homemade light. We have an old Maysville Club Nicely? light here from Old Pogue. It's great. I love it. Well, <laughs> wow. You guys. Pro tip. Put a. Old Maysville Club. All right, we're gonna wrap bottle up. on the light. What? Am I not supposed to? No, be it's doing fine. The... Uh, we're gonna actually wrap up this episode. Oh, okay. I Maybe gotcha. tomorrow night we're we're gonna fine. find out. So wow. anyway, <laughs> tomorrow night I'm gonna hang out with you guys for sure. Uh, hey, come let's on go over. Hang out. All right. All yes, right, let's hang out. Let's hang it's good. All right, cool. Cool. All right. Well, that does it for our coverage of Bourbon on the Banks. Thank you all so much for listening to the past two episodes. 
it was so much fun. I just have to say thank you so much to everybody over at Bourbon on the Banks for including us as a part of this great festival. I cannot wait for next year. I think it's just going to only get bigger and better as time goes on. Got a couple things to wrap up before we get out of here, and those are, of course, our plugs. So you know where to find us on all the social media channels. Uh, if you would like to do that, you can follow us at my bourbon pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you have questions or comments for us, you can send them to this my bourbon shop at gmail.com. If you would please be so kind as to give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, that would be great. We would really, really appreciate it. It does help people find the show a little bit more easily. And we, of course, love having new listeners. So also, I mean, heck, if you've got somebody that you think would love listening to the show, please let them know about it and, uh, you know, bring them into the fold. It's a good time. You know that. You're here. You're hanging out with us. Bourbonshop.threadless.com is where you can find all of our apparel and merchandise. Uh, we are going to be having a sale going on here very, very soon for Bourbon Heritage Month. And some new designs are also going to be up there as well. So be on the lookout for those. If you are not yet a part of our Facebook group, you can head to Facebook.com and search for This Is My Bourbon Group. There's only a couple questions for you to answer just to make sure that you are a listener of the show. And of course, if you're hearing this, you are. And we would be happy to have you as a part of that community. It's a lot of fun. We get to talk about all the news of bourbon that's going on, about the different episodes that we have been doing. And I think that you would have a really good time there. So again, this is my bourbon group. And then last but not least, the big one, of course, is patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast for as little as a dollar a month you can become a patron of the show it really does help us out uh, there is a lot of work and editing and time that goes into creating and developing the show and we really would appreciate it if you would be so kind as to help us out of course there is no pressure uh, for you to do that but it does help us out immensely and if you do decide to uh, to help us out financially you get really cool things like bonus episodes uh, you get live streams just for patreon you also get to be a part of the google hangouts that we do which are always a really good time i think that about does it for me this week i am so happy that you guys tuned into uh, what has been some of the most fun that I've had on the podcast so far. We are inching closer and closer, not only to our two-year anniversary, but also to episode 100. We are so close to it. Episode 100 is going to be so much fun. I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. It's coming up real, real soon. Next week, though, Curtis and Swan are coming back for a home base episode. So I hope you enjoy that. Thank you all so much for listening in this week. Thanks again to everybody at Bourbon on the Banks for a really, really fantastic event. I will see you next week. But until then, I'm Perry, and this is my Bourbon Podcast. Bye, Future Perry.